it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. He's had 35 years to see the previous one. I haven't been alive for 35 years. Damn. You've been alive for 40, wow. I know. Wow. He said you're as old as I am. <laughs> but you're not old, Bill. I know. I agree. You're probably the youngest one in the room in spirit. But the motherfucker across the table out say- here out, out here dissing 35 years of life. I mean, I was more saying that it, it's been 35 Rent years. Rent your own since- fucking car. Find out if you can do that first. <laughs> I can. It's you funny. Can. Can. Absolutely you can. Sounds good. Try to do it right now. I can. Maybe right, that, maybe ahead. there's a listener that can I hook you up. Hear it. I just want to I just want to find out. We've literally done it. <laughs> Somebody's called for you and, and got it for you. And then you were a young person, so you were allowed to pay extra to drive it. Perhaps. I'm saying start to finish. Go get that bitch. And yeah, welcome back to the Grounds Crew. Are we recording? Yeah. Glorious. Um, welcome back to the Grounds Crew, ladies and gentlemen, as Dennis said. Uh, before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe. Toss a review. Follow us on all social platforms. They will be listed below. Um, a couple of serious topics to get into before we get into the lots of different fun stuff. Um, first off, number one, I just kind of, I was talking about this with my girlfriend yesterday. I thought it was hysterical. I wanted to bring it up to you guys. Did you know that in, in like primary school now, like you're not allowed to play dodgeball? It's number been a, one. Been a long time. I know. Been a long time. But now the new version is bowling dodgeball where you're, you roll it at people. Not like Gaga. I was going to say that sounds like Gaga. Ball. No, no. Like dodgeball, but you have to roll it at people. That's cool. Just seems like really boring. Uh, so, as I'm very old, mm-hmm. as was made privy to me before this all started yeah. earlier, uh, in college I took a public speaking course. Okay. And if you got a high enough grade on both your speeches and the written version of them for the whole semester, your last speech of the year you could write on whatever you wanted. And you could fabricate sources if you wanted to in order to support something. It was kind of like a gift for doing a great job on all your previous ones. Okay. So, as you all know, I like speaking. Uh, I got to give a speech on dodgeball and the decline of an American culture. Uh, where I cited uh, the actual movie Dodgeball and had some fun with it and did some things. But Excellent. I also laced in the fact that... Uh, one of the key points that I made in that was something about uh, a mental genius and a physical genius. Okay. And in school, we have always celebrated uh, having a mental genius, but we've always tried to hide physical geniuses. So the reason being is you can hide a test score. Right? Mm-hmm. You might get a 75. I might get a 100. There's nothing to show it right directly in my face except for the fact that when we have grades and we have things and we have, I have to go to extra help, you have to, it's subtle that you can understand that I'm not doing as well as you. Sure. Dodgeball, there's no subtlety. Mm-mm. It's right in your face if you're a physical genius or you're a physical idiot, which actually is a thing. But uh, – my problem with dodgeball from that point and from every other point is that exact thing. 
we have kids who are really fast, really strong, really powerful, can do all sorts of stuff, and they're told that's all well and good, that's fine, but focus on math, focus on science, focus on these things. Don't worry about your physical capabilities. They don't matter. Your brain does. For some kids, it does matter. And by making kids who are mental geniuses but physically can't do stuff allowed to hide, we have made a very weak culture and we continue to make weaker kids because the reality is you're going to get out into the world and you're going to find out if the 100 you were getting on the test was because you studied all the time or because you're actually smart. You don't get to study for every answer you have to give in life. Guess what? You can't study dodgeball. Yeah. You're going to have to figure out how to solve things and if, with whatever you got. Yeah, and if, and if you get smoked in the face by life, the, the recovery and, and uh, how people handle that failure is a lot more challenging for a lot of people now. <laughs> and we wonder why, right? Sadly, we have rising amounts of, of depression, anxiety, suicide in mm-hmm. very young people. And it's because by sheltering everybody from all sorts of pain, lighter pains hurt worse, mm-hmm. right? There's a reason why when you're training fighters, when you're training people, you work on hitting them, right? We've all mm-hmm. seen movies where a guy's getting hit over and over again in the midsection with a med ball because it's simulating the force of getting hit in the stomach. Mm-hmm. If you have an amateur walk in and fight a professional, it's not just that the professional can land a punch. An amateur can land a punch, too. It's that the professional's body is ready for it, and an amateur's is not. They get hit. They crumple, and life is going to hit us all, and there's more and more people who crumple under it. It's because they're too protected too consistently from any sort of pain, and dodgeball is just a case study in that and i i it let's just get rid of grades what does it matter if somebody gets an f or an a let's let's just make everything that everybody just goes and passes along well that doesn't make sense oh yeah well then why does it make sense that i I think all the kids who used to like avoid gym class and suck Mm -hmm. in it intentionally because they're like i gym class doesn't matter I, i i'm smart i think they should have to stay in high school and they should get left back I mean, our, if you can't pass class, like you have to have physical, actual physical competency to pass through school. If you can't physically do it, you don't get to pass. You can't do the cert. Like we had fitness tests back yep. in the day. I know they definitely did away with those. Yep. I mean, even when you did the fitness test, like you can't do one pull up. Sorry. It's done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh well. What, what about kids who weigh three hundred pounds? Guys know the answer. Yeah. Right. You guys I, want I, extra I, help in gym class? We'll I do talk it after all school. The time. I'm 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 right now probably two sixty five. I can at least do one. Like, you're you're in a situation like we should hold all of these things way more important to us than we do. So yes, dodgeball is a travesty. It, it's a shame, but it's it's why Twitter wars are so intense because mm-hmm. nobody physically wants to handle any of that stuff anymore. Yep. Because these hands don't work for most of society. Yeah. And in other serious topics. Um, Last week we discussed uh, the this, the events in uh, Uvalde, Texas, and uh, following that, uh, Gabe Kapler came out and said that he will not be going out for the national anthem um, for the foreseeable future in kind of response to that and just in the state of our country. Um, not only do I support that, but I think it's very interesting because we've had situations like this in the past with Colin Kaepernick and a lot of different things, and 
Um, obviously, the outrage was not there for Gabe Kapler. Wanted to get your opinion on uh, this. I think there was a lot of outrage I mean, for there, Gabe Kapler. There definitely was, but not to the extent that Colin Kaepernick had to face. I, I think more of that has to do with the fact that it's after and somebody's already done it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's new. Um, you had NFL teams not coming out of the locker room for it. You had te- that we've already been down this. Yep. Gabe doing it in isolation, I just don't think is as startling as it once was. Mm-hmm. So, but there was still, if you look at the comments and things of people across the internet, uh, this is why the ML the MLB game obviously isn't for me anymore. Like they don't care about me. They're disrespecting America. They're mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. Couple of things so that people were unaware. The United States military pays money to professional sports leagues to have those people come to games who wave their hands. Oh, today's honored guest. The M- the military pays for that. That didn't always exist. You go back to the 90s, that wasn't a thing. Right? Like, all of you are remembering a thing that never was happening. Mm-hmm. Right? It never happened. The giant flags over fields, all those things, that did not happen until somebody in pro sports was like, hey, you know what you could do? You could start teaching kids at a young age with sports to love their country more and to join the military. So we'll pay you money to have those days. So it's not altruism that this league is doing it. It's not altruism that the stations are showing it. It's because they were paid to. So that's the first thing. My second thing is Gabe did the right thing by coming out on Memorial Day and 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 kind of bypassing it for that day. Mm-hmm. I believe he, that's what he did yes, on Memorial yes, Day. Yeah. And my thing is, is that he is showing respect to troops who served and lost their lives because they did do a lot for our country. That's not what we're trying to get around. But soldiers are not the only part of this country. You're not a better citizen purely because you served a country in war, right? There's people who are teachers who are teaching the future of our country, and those people are going to be the people who move us forward. But we're not celebrating those people the same way. They're not getting brought out to games at the same level. They're not being celebrated. Kids aren't sitting here going, you know what I want to do when I grow up? I want to be a math teacher. I want to be a soldier. I want to be in in special forces because we've glamorized it. It's cool to be a soldier. We play video games where we shoot people. We watch movies where the heroes are soldiers. We're shown that this is a thing. You're not better if you're a soldier. That's not me disrespecting it. Anything like that. When Gabe's like, I don't want to come out for the national anthem because our nation is hurting and it's hurting because we're doing dumb things en masse. What are you mad about? And I I tweeted something and my tweets don't go very far. So it's okay that it didn't get like a a virality to it. Mm -hmm. But I tweeted the same people who were yelling about Gabe Kapler and what he's doing and how they don't want to watch the league. Would have been the same people saying, I can't believe the MLB is allowing a black guy to play baseball. And if you don't think it's the same thing, you're you're a bigot and you don't know it. Or you don't want to admit it. That you have a problem with the fact that your worldview is not the only one that matters. And you have no ability to accept that in your life. And that's fine. But Jackie Robinson broke the barrier for a reason. Now we all celebrate it. 
It's historically a thing, but you act like those people didn't exist. Those people still exist today. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to name who they support, Mm -mm. but those people are still out there, and they're still talking with hate and negativity that's always existed. So make America great. Guys, we have a lot to work on. Sure. But both sides have to be willing to do something about it. Nobody wants to meet in the middle and just do what seems right. Absolutely. Well said. So keep doing your thing, Gabe. Absolutely, Gabe. Love it. All right. On to the next big thing. Huge. Huge. Massive. Dennis Dietz. Take us away, man. This is all you. All right. So this this has just been fun for me. Sure Uh, has. Jock Peterson versus Tommy Pham. Fantasy saga. So Tommy Pham, before a game, slaps Jock Peterson. He receives a three-game suspension after the fact. But usually when a grown man slaps another grown man, it's a little weird. We get the explanation from Jock Peterson after Shout the out game. Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jock explains it's over a fantasy football issue where Jock had placed Jeff Wilson into his IR spot when he was only listed as out, which ESPN allows you to do. However, a lot of leagues only allow the IR spot to be taken honor system-wise by players on IR. Tommy Pham was very upset about this. And he also was upset that Jock only told half the story. <laughs> Jock shows the messages later. Uh, it turns out he had sent a couple gifts that were all making fun of the Padres. Tommy Pham's upset about this because he doesn't know Jock that well. However, there's a couple of guys that are also in th- that league that were on the Padres that Jock knew well. Tommy took this very bad. He winds up leaving the league, which no one wants anyone to leave a league in the middle of the season. It really hurts the uh, integrity of the league. I don't give a damn. Leave. <laughs> punk, punk ass bitch. Later on, Tommy Pham blames Mike Trout. And I have the quote here. Oh. Mike Trout did a terrible job, man. Trout's the worst commissioner in fantasy sports because he allowed a lot of shit to go on and he could have solved it all. Trout's response, am I going to resign? I haven't made a decision. Every commissioner I know gets booed. <laughs> Love it. Jeff Wilson yesterday after OTAs. Running back. Running back for the mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers, the player that was put into the IR spot. That was crazy, man. I was just honored to be a part, uh, part of the conversation. Shout out to Jock for having me on the team and taking one for the team. I can't wait for June 24th. That's the next time the Giants and the Reds play each other. I have a feeling that three-game suspension was more or less so the Giants didn't throw at Fam and they tried to avoid that whole Well, situation. I mean, you, you can avoid whatever you want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time Fam comes up, I'm slapping him in the ear hole with a ball. Right? Like, because rea- I, am, I am the person who is against throwing at people mm-hmm. for baseball reasons. Yeah. Right? I don't believe that you should intentionally harm somebody – for baseball reasons. However, the gentlemen here know that if my teammate is being attacked by somebody, I am not someone who is very excited to watch that happen. I'm in the fray. If I'm then told I can't do anything, I'm handcuffed and I'm stuck in a situation, I'm never going to forget. I'm going to remember this entire thing. And I'm going to come for you when I see you again. So, Tommy fam gonna get dusted at least um i i i hope he's not seriously injured but if a little blood came out i, I think that i'd be happy i want to send an open invitation to tommy fam to join my fantasy league that has an opening <laughs> we also have a terrible commissioner and we can use someone to really get him out yes tommy fam should just run his own league um here's a question Sean's hearing that right now and he's like that's a different league 
different league. Oh, De Dennis is in many leagues. Here's a question. Is Tommy Pham top three most hated player in the game right now? No, I don't think he's most hated. I, I think that Tommy Pham... Like, because reminder, he also wanted to fight Luke Voigt like last month. And also a reminder, he flat out told the media he took the contract in Cincinnati because of the money, not because Yeah, I don't think team. he's the most hated though. I think generally like the only way to get hated is to matter. And mm -hmm. like I can't remember a time that Tommy Pham really mattered. Okay, uh then I guess hate isn't the word. Disliked disliked is probably the best word just because he's just uh, again, he, nothing, you, he's not doing anything good for the game. Again, you gotta matter. <laughs> I like, guess I just, I just don't like he doesn't – when we hate players in the game, it's because they matter and then they do dumb things, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're you're frustrated. Like like people hated Tom Brady because he cheated, right? Mm -hmm. and like that makes sense. Like sure. he was good and he like altered footballs to play better, right? Like you cheated. Mm -hmm. If you're – if you were – if we came out and we found out that Bryce Harper had been using a cork bat all year, we'd hate Bryce Harper. Sure. He would get hate because he's good. And he did something bad. I don't really think that Tommy Pham can do anything because mm -hmm. Tommy Pham's a jag. He's just another guy. Like what an acronym. Like he it just is what it is. Yeah, I, I think just seeing all this happening, it like and and yes, it is hysterical. Just as it because it it, it hap this happened over like three or four days. So oh, it was, it's, it's been trickling like every single day for, I feel like, yeah, we're just getting a now. little bit more, a little bit more. And it's, it's been fantastic. But in the, in the beginning when it was just Tommy, Flan Tommy fam slapped Jock Peterson. And like a few hours later, we saw the video and he, he hit him with the Will Smith special. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you just trying, why are you trying to fight people? This is, this is not how we need you to conduct yourself as a baseball player, especially as someone who is just another guy yeah <laughs> they're both big boys too i would i would love mm -hmm. to see that uh, little brawl right there yeah it would be interesting but i i guess i am i i do think jock probably should have hit him back but i also understand like if that conversation was related to fantasy football and then all of a sudden jock got slapped in the face i i'm sure he was a little confused for for at least a second especially with a bunch of people around um yeah but, i looked up tommy fam tommy fans a better overall player lifetime then like I, I'm giving him credit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's buoyed by a 2017 season where he had a 931 OPS. Outside of the 931, his next best OPS was 831 in 2018, but 2020 624, 2021 723, this year 708. Like at this point in time, like he's a, he's a, just another guy. 700 on base percentage. We talk about like that to me is the line of demarcation of. Are you good at hitting, or are you fine at hitting, and are you like great and terrible? Like seven hundreds around that mark. He's hovering around. Are you even usable? Like uh, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know why we're spending so much time on Tommy Fan. Because it was a fun story. Jock Peterson, on the other hand, that that dude. He wins. Pretty much helped a team win a World Series last year. Sure does. Put him on his back and carried him to victory. Mm -hmm. So. Tommy, until you're that guy, you're that guy. Like man, just simmer down. Don't be just, so don't be so angry. Jag. Just a jag. J just a jag. You're a jag, man. You're a jag. Incredible. Let it be easy, boys. Where do we want to go next? We want. Are we going to connect jerseys? Let, I, I like, like, like. Let's hit that. Let's yeah. Hit that. You want to hit yeah. that? Yeah. So the Rockies came out this week with their 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 city connect jerseys. What? I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. I have thoughts on it. So, you have thoughts on it. Dennis had thoughts on it. Let, I, I I think I understand Bills. 
Dennis, what were your thoughts on it? So when I first saw the picture, I thought the green was black. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, that's a cool-looking jersey. As soon as I found out it was green, I'm like, this is atrocious, especially when you add in the green pants to it. It just doesn't look right. If it was if it was black or purple, I feel like it would fit Colorado better and the jersey would have looked better. All right, so so I have to help I have to help Dennis on this. Okay. Dennis, do you know why they're green? Isn't the license plate green? They're they're based off of the license plate of of the state. Mhm. So like I understand the green more than I would the other colors. Mm-hmm. That doesn't save the fact that they're just not great, Bob. Like, they, they literally took no creativity whatsoever. Like, they're just such a meh-looking thing. Like, I look like I made that on Canva and sent that in, and everybody was like, that's dope. Like, not it, Bob. Not it. That's- and th- and that, that leads into... What are the best City Connect jerseys that have happened so far? So the, they're all of them are at the bottom of the dock. If you, uh-huh, I'm aware. You got it. Okay, I got. It. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I was definitely disappointed with Colorado. Honestly, overall, I feel like the designing has been mediocre. Yes. I feel like there's like some of them have been more creative than others. Yes. But it it's a it's a it's very um one side or the other there's no in between of like all right these are okay yep. it's either you're bad or you're good um where do you where do you put colorado so there's been 11 okay um so colorado to me is still not the worst one okay who do you have as the best one let's start with that so the best one i think you guys know for me um i i, I have a closer race than i think i would have even believed okay I like because I don't think that the subtlety of it is well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Washington Nationals version. If you zoom in super close to the actual gray fabric, there's tiny, slightly altered colored versions of cherry blossoms mm-hmm. strewn throughout the whole thing. There's a lot more complexity and depth to that design than just the design. But I think from a matching the city and also looking super smooth Mm -hmm. they are the best one overall okay uh my second place finisher for me are the south side jerseys for the white Sox, um and then my my third place because i'm not going to go all the way through it um i'll tell you guys i who i think has the worst ones Mm -hmm. uh but my third place is diamondbacks really i i like the diamondbacks and i like the serpents like I like the oh. I, I like the idea of what that is. That is my least favorite by uh, far. My least favorite by far is Guardians. Guardians or, or it, who? I don't even know who the hell this is. Then which one is the that? Giants. Is that the Giants? That's the, the Giants, Giants are Giants, absolute yes. trash. Yeah, the Giants. The Giants trash. jersey is the worst one by far. By far, I don't know how you could think that these like weird electric green faded out things look good, guys. Like I, I Golden Gate Bridge, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like. The fog, I get it. Dumb. Like, just no. No thank you. No I, thank you. I For me, Washington was definitely up there. I think the south side was up there as one of my number ones, too. Probably Miami. I love that their, their um, like, color scheme. I just think it pops and, and super clean and, like, has a lot of history with the city and, and looks really dope. My second favorite is the Astros. I love the Space City concept and how they featured all the little different, like, NASA theme and everything like that. Um, and I had Nationals. Nationals is three with kind of tied with the, the White Sox. I, I like both of those. I, I liked the um, 
the low key different things with the the national jersey. I think they added to the to the because it, like, it, it has flowers and things, so I could see a world where like people kind of are you know not excited about it, but it's super like crisp and really nice. Um, Deets, you have a top three. I mean, the Nationals are by far number one for me. Okay. Um, after that, I would probably go Miami. I, I agree. I like the color scheme on it. I do wish it was pink for the uh, Miami Vice coloration, mm-hmm. but uh, we weren't going to get that. I, I think I think that that's where I'm kind. Of, my head's kind of at the the just alternate colorway version of the Miami Heat's jerseys are way better than this. Um, well, they already have the Miami Vice colors. That's like that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Like when your when your City Connect one looks worse than your regular one, you got. I feel like when it's got less pop to me than your regular one, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Like I feel like Colorado, especially like they they should have taken. I need a lot more purple in there. Like I feel like if they if they took whatever this concept, I understand it was like the license plate and everything, but I also don't know if that was the best decision. Um, I feel like they had a lot more potential to have some really cool stuff. I thought Boston's was interesting with, like, just the the, the concept they went with. Well, so that's this is the I think the 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 thing that is confused by their even their calling of this. Mm-hmm. What are these called? City, City Connect. Connect. Why are we have Colorado on our chest? I get that we're in, we're the Colorado Rockies, but where do we play out of? Denver. So focus on your city. Like, yeah. focus on your city. And I can go and I can say Chicago White Sox doesn't even say Chicago. It says Southside. They go to a part of their city. Like, you're you're talking about where are we at. Like, do something that's related mm-hmm. to what it is. Like, like at least the, the, the Cubs the, went with Wrigleyville. That's yes, cool. Dig that. Space City, yep. Houston, cute. Like, y'all just did Colorado. Also up there for my worst was the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers were. That was weak. My they third, made... my third was Southside, by the way. So okay. So the reason why the Dodgers, I don't think, is as weak is because, like, if you're if you're thinking contextually, there's a very heavy Spanish influence in Los Angeles. Oh no, I get that. But so, I, so but... when you're looking at it, you're you're that that's one of the only ones, like, that's one of the regions of our country where you could lean into that even more. I am I am very much interested in where, like Los Mets are gonna go. Well, so my only thing with so I understand like like the concept of the mm-hmm. the, the heritage there, but like the creativity aspect I felt was weak. Yeah, it was just hey, we're gonna make this an all blue jersey and put Los Dodgers, and we're we're good to go. Yeah, like guys, I a hundred percent. There has to be something way better cultural wise that they could have gotten into. I agree. Um, but yes, the New York ones I do think are gonna be super interesting, especially for the Yankees. For me, anyway, because they haven't deviated from their jerseys in a hundred years. Yep. So it's just going to be an older looking NY. Right. It's just it's just their spring training jersey. It's just a navy shirt. <laughs> well, so like Kansas City, I think should switch to their new design permanently. I actually yeah. do like that logo. Like yeah. Kansas City, I think they should switch permanently. Houston's, I don't think is uh, like a massive shift from what they did. Mm-hmm. I like the Space City. I think it's good. I think they should like they did a good job with that. The Giants should avoid wearing that one as often as they can. Uh, again, I, I, I think the only reason why I like the Diamondbacks is, like, the the Diamondbacks logo has been kind of weak forever. I like that as just a very casual alternate jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they didn't look like they went, like, 
very deviated off but you look at arizona you look at the the like mexican culture you you the the serpents like i i i i appreciate that one boston again was another one that was just like so plain so plain but with looking at how deviated they got i'm interested to see how far the yankees go wasn't boston's the first one to come out too yes it yeah. was and they also had them i think it came out sort of near when um Both like patriots day too, was i think because it has to do with like the yep. the marathon and all that. See, for me, my problem with the D backs one is I always loved, and I'm pulling it up. Um, this this jersey, I loved this one. Okay, with like the little like snake snakeskin print dates. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, it's very tough to see. Very tough to see. Okay. Well, I I'm, I'm sure Corey can pop it up. But I I thought that was much more like creative when they did that, and they kind of like phased these out, which also kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um. But I agree, like it is very simple and like has the kind of all their their elements there. Um, but I just felt like they could more like do more with it. I don't know. Definitely interested to see that they have a few more coming out this year. Um, so we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it and see where they go. By the way, ESPN put out a ranking mm-hmm. six days ago, and they had the Colorado Rockies jerseys as number one. They probably also thought it was black, like I did. No, they have a a, a photo. They're very clearly green in this photo. This person knew what it was, and yeah. and made mention of it. Yeah. Yep. The the so like the designs like the red circle logo on the hat. The red is for soil, the gold is for sunshine, along with the state's CO abbreviation. Sick. The logo <laughs> the logo and number font also pay tribute to the state's distinctive license plate. So they're the state connect jersey. Pretty much. <laughs> like yeah. Chicago White Sox came in number two. Miami Marlins came in number three. Nationals came in number four. Boston five. Diamondbacks six. Houston Astros seven. Giants eight. Nobody should be below the Giants. Kansas City Royals came in nine. Cubs came in ten. Dodgers 11. The Dodgers, I understand. The Dodgers maybe actually have the worst one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Dodgers maybe actually have the worst one just because it was lazy. So lazy. But in terms of one, I if you told me I had to wear one, I would hope I never ever have to wear oh, this. Did you see the the leak of the Angels one as well? I have not seen a leak oh, of the Angels one. I don't know how I feel about this one either. Hold on, I, I have it somewhere. It was. It's also like a like a, I guess kind of like a cream. Um. I don't hate it. You see it? Oh, yeah. Okay, here. Yeah, but like, isn't that just the one from Angels in the Outfield, like the movie? Yeah, it looks kind of very similar. Yeah, isn't that just Angels in the Outfield? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't watched that movie in a while. I keep referencing though. I've actually done that recently. <laughs> Did you just start flapping your arms? Yes, I just started walking around, hoping that um, the guy from Back to the Future would fly down and help me out. So let me see those ones. Zoom me in real quick. So like generally, I would say, yeah, I like I like the Angels ones. I like the halo around the A. I like the more looping, like, Angels words. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I appreciate that jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there was, like, unless they went really, like, we're going to put wings on the guys' backs. Like, yeah. again, and you laugh about that, but the Oregon Ducks had wings on their jerseys at one point in time. And like they didn't look bad, mm-hmm. um, 
So I, I'm, I'm here with it. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there you, that, that would tell me that I'm crazy about my, my choices, but I don't know how anybody would ever choose that the Colorado Rockies were the I'm at least one. glad that you see my displeasure with the Dodgers. Oh, for sure I yeah. see your displeasure. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I look at it and I don't think the design, like, I understood kind of where they went, but mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like, from a lack of creativity standpoint, it's the least creative of them. Doesn't, you just put Los in front of your word. Like, it almost looks patronizing. Yes. Um, but to me, like from a, and I know there's people that can come up with incredible, like you see the NBA come out with like eight new jerseys a year, yeah, and they're all super cool and creative. And except for the Knicks, I hate the Kith jersey. That's that's fine. It's kind of boring. The there's Kith, a lot the, cooler ones. The out Kith there. version of the Knicks, like the yes. Knicks logo yes. made into the Kith, is better than what Kith did for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I, I just I didn't understand it. I wish we had just done that, and like taken Kith's like and made take Kith's font. In a black on black mm-hmm. Nick, like I would have gone black on black, and that would have been fire with some subtle hints of coloration, maybe around the outside to frame yep. the black on black. I'm a better designer, though. Our clothing company does better than them, so who knows? Anyways, anyways, <laughs> spinning this around, and Cassianos hits a deep shot to left field. That'll left be a four nothing ball game, and that'll be a Dennis Deets. Yes. What happened with Nick Castellanos on this fine Memorial Day weekend? Well, as they were uh, paying tribute to, uh, you know, all the troops and everything, Castellanos had a deep drive and uh, <laughs> continued the meme. <laughs> it's amazing. Unreal. That that he gets those moments. Yep. It is like he has a sixth sense for when somebody's talking about something important. Mm-hmm. It's obviously that's why he's not doing as well lately is because not really much is important around the Phillies right now. Yeah, no, they're they're terrible. Sucks to suck. Aren't yeah. they in third though? They're in third, but but actually they might not be. They are. They're twelve and a half back. What is what are the Marlins? Thirteen. So it's don't don't make it sound like this isn't about to be a thing. Marlins. The Braves are ten and a half back. Oh my god, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Do the Mets have most wins in baseball now? Yes. Uh, yeah. They're tied for the most. Mets have thirty five. The Yankees, Yankees have 34. Night? The Mets have the most wins in baseball. Yeah, so the Mets were the first to 10 wins, 20 wins. Yankees were the first to 30. Mets might be the first to 40. I also want to say, too, that I'm proud of us because throughout the Mets being ridiculously nasty, and I can comfortably say they're a top three, possibly the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. We've actually been talking about the Mets less. I, I, I do I, – I do agree with you talking about the Mets last. I feel like I bring them up every time. But I feel like we've we've been – normally we'll go into a segment and just Dive. the Mets instead. Yeah. And it's like we don't have to talk about it now. We, everybody knows they're good. We know they're good. But, you know, some days we do need to talk about them. Dennis, let's get to the hot list. All right. So, well, then we'll start with uh, one Francisco Lindor. Um, so, Lindor, over the past 10 games – he is uh, batting 375 with a 1075 OPS and has 20 RBIs in a 10-game oh span. God. No more Lindor slander. Yes. Uh, all the Twitter conversations about his contract being bad, y'all mm-hmm. are stupid. Yep. Uh, Bill, anything you want to add to the Lindor? Yeah, so the only thing I can say is I did not realize that last year like Lindor finished from like a, a advanced analytics standpoint like the second or third best shortstop in the game. So even with like all of the terribleness that we thought about, you actually look at it and contribution-wise, that was not the case. When he did play, he was offensively 
extremely valuable for the Mets. But I will say this, uh, watching what has transpired over the last several weeks uh, has been very interesting because if you look last 15 games, he still has a 964 OPS. So he, he's been really humming for what amounts to two and a half weeks, three weeks. Uh, the last seven days, 370 batting average, 593 slugging. Um, uh, uh, again, we're over 1,000 OPS in the last seven. Like He just continues to rain on everyone, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's been fantastic. And as, as we will talk about shortly, uh, he's been supported. But he hasn't been as hot as one Paul Goldschmidt. Yes, mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, so Nolan Arenado was fantastic in April. He's been brutal in May, but uh, his productivity went straight to Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, in the month of May, he's batting 404 with a 1288 OPS. He has 10 home runs and 33 RBIs, and also has a 23 game hitting streak that's still active. Uh, MVP potential. So I I think I think that there's a conversation that we've had a couple of times. What's mm-hmm. the difference between Mike Trout and Mookie Betts? And what we've talked about is Mookie does and puts up really, really high end numbers, but not as high end as Mike Trout while his team is also winning. Right? So there comes a point where it's like, you're doing it, but your team's not winning. Now the diamondbacks have consistently, since we talked about them, what a month ago, that I said that they're a sneaky good team and, mm-hmm. and one of the the surprise players, like I started to really like Marte because I, th- I thought he he looked intriguing. Mm-hmm. They've been solid. They've been better than the Braves, even though they lost to the Braves. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talked before the show, and the, the comp I put against it was Goldschmidt versus Pete Alonzo. So Goldschmidt's Pete Al- a Cardinal, by the way. Is he a Cardinal? Yeah. Oh, yes. Never mind. Here I am th- thinking that he was still a Diamondback. Um, <laughs> Goldschmidt... Uh, Goldschmidt versus Pete Alonso. Pete in the month of May, 315 batting average, 10-10 OPS, nine home runs, 30 RBIs. So everyone's talking about Pete as an MVP candidate. Everyone. And Goldschmidt's just had a better month. Now, does that mean that he's going to have the better overall season? Who knows? The Mets have obviously been winning at a substantial clip above everyone else. Um but the Cardinals aren't far behind. Uh, my only thing is, I think that that's the New York bias to me. Pete's getting a lot of love, but Goldschmidt has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a guy who's, how old is he, 34, 35? Um, he's been fantastic. Uh, and I think right now he's second to me in an MVP race. Second. Behind Machado. Behind Machado. Okay, that's fair. I don't know how Machado could not be. It'll be, honestly, I think it'll come down to, like, the wire for both of them because they're just both playing out of their minds. <laughs> so it's kind of like it, who is actually going to sustain it and where where do they actually finish at the end of the year? Like, Paul Goldschmidt's season average is 353. That's absurd. So. 353 with power. Yep. Right? He's like what, 13 homers? Big power. He had 10 in the month of May, so I I have to assume. He has 11 home runs. 11 homers? Which is, that's the crazier thing, though, I guess. Him and Arenado literally flip-flopped over uh, April and May, performance-wise. Well, so what's the Cardinals' record in the last 
Because I feel like after they played the Mets, like things changed for them. Last ten, they're seven and three. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they 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 played the Mets. They lost three three out of four. Then they went against the Pirates and they swept to the Pirates. Then when they went against the Blue Jays, they swept the Blue Jays. Then they went against the Brewers. They took two out of three. Uh, they took uh, they they split. They went two and two. Then they went against the Padres and they swept the Padres. Since they played the Mets, they've really changed. Or maybe they just play well against everyone except the Mets because because the Mets are better than you go. Yes, listen, I, I I'm starting to create a case for us, Josh. Sure. Yes, I'm creating the case for because again, San Francisco, San Francisco Giants, they might be in a better position this year in terms of where their record is at only 27 and 22 if they hadn't lost three out of four to the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. You, you take that out of the equation, right? And they're looking at uh, 26 and 19. They, they, they're, they've been way better. Um, we're about to have that moment where the other teams in their division have to play the Mets. Yep. We're going to find out. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn. Yep. Mets play um, the Dodgers this weekend. Play, play them this weekend, and, mm-hmm. and we'll start to un- – unfilter what it is but yeah to me uh i actually think if i were right now voting for mvp national league it's machado goldschmidt p pablo you guys got disagreements on me say that again number one i have manny machado number two i have paul gold paul goldschmidt and number three i have pete alonzo Honorable mention, uh, Mookie Betts. So I'm with you. I think Mookie's in that conversation too. I think Mookie's in that conversation. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll rock with that. I actually like that list. I'm good with that. Because again, I have to I have to to be fair, mm-hmm. right? To be fair. To be fair. Um, Mookie right now has a thousand OPS on the season. He started off hotter than a pistol. He's got 16 home runs. You know what? Back me back me out. Back me out. Back me out. I lied. I lied. I lied entirely. I'm going. I'm actually going to go Machado, Betts, Goldschmidt, Pete. Okay. Because Betts is, has that 1,000 OPS is nuts. Now, I think Pete lately, Pete's up to an 891 OPS on the season. Um, I, I think, and then Pete's been absolutely tearing it apart. The other thing that I think has been increasingly difficult for Pete to put up other big numbers for himself is that teams are walking him a lot. Uh, I think he was intentionally walked against the last two teams he played, mm-hmm. I think six times. So in the last six games, he's been intentionally walked six times. Now, yes, that helps you with your OPS, but it helps to hurt the baseball more than it helps to walk. Right. Yes, you get a, a boost to your on-base percentage, but when I hit home runs and doubles, I get a bigger boost to an OPS than a singular walk, right? Because of the equation of multiple bases at any given moment. So Pete's actually been hindered by the fact that people don't want to pitch to him right now, like they're afraid to throw him the baseball. I think that's a very stark difference. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out. Who, if you guys had to give me a fifth person, who's who's the MVP? National League. Um, you could. I think Lindor is in a conversation. Wouldn't they just cannibalize each other on votes? That's why I don't think either of them wins this year. I could. 
But you're talking you you your Lindor is going he, to could, end up in a 800 plus OPS and a Gold Glove shortstop, and since he started to steal bases again, he's going to steal 20 plus. So he's going to hit 20 plus home runs. He's going to steal 20 plus bases. This is wild. The Cardinals have three players in the top five in the NL in WAR: Goldschmidt, yeah. Edmund, and Arenado. I think, and 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 you're gonna you're gonna hate me on this. I think a case is going to be made from a lot of people for Bryce Harper. He's batting 303 with 10 jacks, 32 ribbies, and a 943 OPS right now. Yeah, but I, I, again, I think that this goes this goes back. I don't. I think he's already lost. He can't win. I don't know. No, my, my first thought was I'm telling you right now, like he can't win. Why? The Phillies have been such an atrocity, and he's the focal point of that. That it it's going to sour the view I mean, of him as a leader on the team. I don't I don't believe that. Mike Trout's the one with the Angels playing absolutely god awful right now. I don't I don't think that he is like I, mean, no I agree. Is, no I, one is talking about Bryce Harper. I think season. the drop off. No one. I think the drop off from the top three guys is dramatic. I mean, just at batting average alone, it's like Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, and then Bryce Harper, and 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 Paul Goldschmidt. They're all like way up there. And OPS, same thing. Like OPS, the, he's at a 943. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you that that Pete's going to pass that. You think? Probably in the next two weeks. Here's a question. How many, uh, if you had to guess, how many RBIs does Pete finish with? Pete's on pace for what in terms of RBIs right now? I believe. 135? Bigger. 143? Bigger. 155? 180. So like, like th- th- <laughs> that is his current so, pace. So this is this is again this is where you have to baseball is such an interesting thing. Yeah. Because there's so many ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Right this second, there is not the Padres just released uh, Robinson Cano. Yes. As I'm speaking, um, just so breaking news for people who right, hear he knows. this way after it happens. Robinson Cano is washed. Um, he been washed. Uh. <laughs> So my, my thing is is that the things that have changed for the Mets, there's no team right now better offensively the last week, the last 10 days, than the Mets. Like, they've yeah. been scorchingly hot. Now, I know they've been playing bad bad teams of late, but Marte got hurt. Uh, or Marte went on bereavement list, right? And when Marte came back, Starling Marte, uh, he was a completely different player. Um, we, you were missing, uh, you were missing Nimmo for a, a couple days. Yep. Nimmo's back. That whole lineup is hitting. That's only going to mean Pete's going to get more. Unless they keep walking him. Dennis, can you, um, pull up whatever, uh, the team ranks in, um, OPS runners in scoring position? Yeah. So just as a, just as another guy that we didn't talk about in the hot or not list, mm-hmm. Last seven games, Starling Marte over a thousand OPS. Yep. Right. Last fifteen games for Starling Marte, right? Mm-hmm. A nine twenty-five OPS. Last fifteen games. If they've got a nine twenty-five OPS guy, a thousand OPS guy in Lindor, a thousand OPS guy in Pete Alonso, like, at what point? Like right now, I think the challenge is just going to become that the Mets' offense is going to. If it scorches like this, I don't know how 
Harper is going to be able to stay ahead of him. No, not a chance. He just won't have a lot of those per, like peripheral things. And you're also got to be nervous to throw to anybody in the Mets lineup right now. Have to be. The the Mets currently lead the league in average runs batted in. Uh, we're second in the league in strikeouts. We lead the league in hits, and or I'm missing another. Obviously, we lead the league in wins with 35. Well, so this is something that we said on on the uh, on the show a while back was the Mets built a team that wasn't just about on base percentage, right? Because yeah. what what I think was an overcorrection to on base percentage was getting on base is better than right not getting on base. So if my on base percentage is high, that's a good thing. But what I think what people weren't spending time on was it's okay for a guy to get on base more by hitting the baseball. And Starling Marte being a guy who can bat over 300, McNeil batting over 300, Pete coming up to 300, Nimmo batting 290, like the Mets barrel balls. Yeah. And when you have a guy on second base and you hit a single, you score a run. When you have a guy on second base and you walk, you don't score any runs. Nobody moves. And there's a point where how you got there does matter to some degree. Mm-hmm. I think the Mets have, are, are well built right this second. Uh, and I think that that's going to help Pete. And I think it's going to hurt Harper because he's going to get less and less good stuff. Because who's really afraid of Schwarber right now? Nobody. Who's afraid of Ca- uh, Castellanos? Good player, Same. but like I don't think about him as like a superstar. I Unless don't think anybody's pitching him like that. Start happening, in which case, well, well yeah, yeah. If, if there's hate if to see that. bad things happening, he'd be great. Listen, I'm just psyched for this Mets Dodgers series. They're so comparable in every stat right yep. now: OPS, average, runs batted in, strikeouts, runs. Like, I have your uh, stats that you want to hit me, Dennis. Uh, so you want the leaders in OPS with runners in scoring position? Or? Sure. Okay. Number one, Cleveland Guardians. 863 OPS with runners in scoring position. Love it. Uh, Number two, the Dodgers, 845. uh, Giants, 836. Milwaukee, 828. uh, Angels, 823. The Mets are 804. Colorado, 792. uh, St. Louis, 788. Seattle, 770. And Cincinnati, 768. That rounds out the top 10. So, again, so so some things to our our favorite statistic. Mm -hmm. You actually have to have guys on base to have that stat matter. Right, so the challenge for the Guardians is they've been great with guys on base. They don't have enough guys on base. They have 450 plate appearances this season with runners in scoring position. The Dodgers have 526, and they're only off by 18 uh, total points in uh, OPS. Right, so like that's that's where I'm saying you look at that, and there's there's like a 50 to 75 plate appearance swing. Yeah, where you have which that makes situation. a lot of sense. The Guardians have 60 less runs than the Dodgers on yep. the year. And that's that's the answer. Yep. You need to get a guy. You need to trade for a guy who gets on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the AL East has gotten mighty hot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, featuring heck of a lot more competitive. Dennis, uh, of course, Google just signed me out. So give me one second so I can get back. It's into okay. The drive. Blue Jays. I know. I mentioned Rafael Devers in there having a great Dev- month of May. Devers sure will did. hit. Will hit after we hit the Blue Jays. So, Blue Jays, Blue Jays are 8-10 and 10 in their last 10. Something definitely to keep their eye on. They are also starting to uh, heat up a little bit with the bats. So 
hopefully uh, the month of June they really turned it around and put some pressure on the Yanks. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about it. I think that the Blue Jays were the team that looked like everything that could go wrong was going wrong for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just it was more about, hey, when is that going to stop? Uh, and then that's also coincided with the Yankees having a bit of a slide uh, and the Rays having a bit of a slide. Everybody in the entire division last 10 games, 5-5, five and five, except for the Blue Jays, 8-2. and two. That's how you just start making swings in the, in the opposite direction. Yep. Um, I still Yankees still have a comfortable five-game lead, mm-hmm. uh, but that could get mighty uncomfortable mighty fast. Yeah. They do play the Rays and Jays in a couple weeks, so they'll have some relatively important games coming up. Very important can, can games shorten up. Can shorten up that lead or make it much bigger. So we'll see there, Dennis. Hit me with Devers. So oh, yeah. last week, I, I know I mentioned the Red Sox. Their bats were starting to uh, come around. J.D. Martinez had an absolutely crazy month of May. But uh, I don't I don't think I mentioned Devers at all, and I didn't realize until today. He was batting 381 with an 1133 OPS with uh, and eight home runs during the month of May, which is very, very good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid. Yeah. How the Red Sox been doing overall? Uh, five and five last 10 yeah let's pull up their entire month and if you really look and i'll even tell you guys recently because i haven't pulled up already they they split the last two games against the reds they lost 2-1 they won 7-1 they lost a series to the orioles a five game series Mm -hmm. they they lost three out of five um in their losses uh orioles put up 12 4 and 10 they 10 owed the red Sox in the in the series final to to take the victory uh red sox just didn't show up then didn't show up the next game against the reds finally showed up uh yesterday against the reds with uh seven runs scored Mm -hmm. but yeah they went on a little bit of a cold streak uh coming out of a win against the uh, white Sox in a series and a sweep of the mariners they had swept the mariners four and then recently went on that slide so they've got the athletics tomorrow uh, they got a three game against them, and then they got three game, uh, four games against the Angels, and then they're back against the Mariners. So they uh, they should have a pretty successful run if if they're going to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're not the truth, the Angels are going to wipe them off. And and it's it's a big moment for for Boston. Yep. Because things are going to heat up now. They also have uh, Chris Sale potentially coming back in a couple weeks. I saw he's starting to throw bullpens and stuff like that. So that'll be big for them. And they they their pitching has been very average pretty much middle of the pack in every category so they need to uh sure that up as well since they are giving up a lot of runs currently but uh you know what's interesting about the angels dennis you want to tell me i wasn't done with the hot list if one you want more to go thing right one, one more big crazy oh my stat. didn't crazy even see that so the cincinnati reds were f- over 500 in the month of may 14 and 13 mm-hmm Beware NL Central. And also shout out Bobby Witt. Uh, he had a very good month of May with a 243 batting average, 829 OPS, and six home runs. Just uh, much better uh, now that he's a season into the league. Mm-hmm. Bobby, Bobby's about to go on a tear. Would love to see it. Bobby's about to go on a tear. Now we can get into the Angels, who uh, start off the cold list. They are 3-10 and 10 since their uh, series against Texas started on uh, 516. They played Texas, Oakland, Toronto, and they played one game against the Yankees. So it's been a uh, hit or miss type of schedule. Nothing uh, too crazy until uh, recently. Noah Syndergaard, uh, since chirping the Mets about the uh, combined no hitter, he has the 818 ERA in the three starts. He had a very solid one against Texas. He threw eight innings, gave up one run. 
but uh, his BABIP in uh, that stretch is 333, and OPS against is 904. And, and what's sad for him is that's not a very that's not a super high BABIP, right? Like that's not an astronomical one. Yeah, it's high, but that just mm-hmm. mostly means you sucked. Yeah. Like it wasn't so high that you also look like you got unlucky. Uh, so that eight that eight eight point one eight ERA looks like that's actually what he's been. Uh, and not just a series of luck, which shame for the kid. We were really hoping he was going to have a massive season. Not really. Um, no, no one really that left the Mets has has done well, right? I'm pretty sure that like what Stephen Matz like Stephen Matz terrible. Had, Don't even bring up his stats. No, we have Don't to. We it. have to. So Stephen Matz had a rough rough go of a get uh, of it when he played the Mets this year. Oh, I mean, he's been getting shelled. Uh, he's got a 6.03 ERA. Uh, he was a great signing by the Cardinals. I'm really happy that uh, the Mets are not the ones having to deal with the long stretches of Mets being paying them what, like forty million dollars. <laughs> Ooh, it's it's a it's a tough one. And then we we've talked recently um, about Marcus Stroman. He he has started to be Stroman again, um, which is just a really really solid innings eating two three starter mm-hmm. um, that's substantially overpaid if you're paying him more than Chris Bassett. Yeah. Um, he's a 3.95 ERA on the season. Um, his most recent start was uh, the 29th, though. He went seven innings, let up no runs. Uh, best start he's had in a while. Dropping in his last two starts, he dropped from a 4.88 ERA down to a 3.95. So he looked like he's having a little bit more success. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when a 4 ERA is the best guy who left us, we can take that. We yes. can handle that. We, we accept. Uh but the ugliest of the ugly. Juan Soto. Um, back half of May, so from the 16th to the 31st, he's batting 160 with a 644 OPS. And it's that high because he's got a 344 on base percentage. He's been walking a, a lot during that stretch, but not hitting the ball at all. He's uh, only got one home run and five RBIs uh, in the back half of May. Well, so the the thing that I noticed, and I don't know how much you paid attention to the series with the, with the Mets in terms of how they kind of played him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mets just chose to walk him anytime anybody was on base. They didn't intentionally walk him, but they gave him absolutely nothing worth swinging at yep. and tried his patience mm-hmm. because at this point in time, I could I, I am getting to the point I can confidently say this. They're the worst team in baseball if you take out Juan Soto. Oh, God, yes. So... With that being the case, teams have just decided we do not have to throw you anything of meaning because no one around you will do anything to the baseball. Yep. I mean, the the, the sad thing is they, they, they go and they score three runs in the first inning against the Mets. The Mets immediately get back two, and that's the end of the game. Yep. Like from that point forward, the Mets go up 12-3 in four innings, and it, it's over, and they never have to give Soto a thing again. Um, and then the last game uh, yesterday, the the disrespect that Soto received with the with the slider that uh, he got thrown to strike out on to end the game, um, Diaz and him smiled because of something that Diaz had done the last time he faced him in a big situation. The last time Diaz faced Soto, he was mm-hmm. only pumping him fast fastballs. Oh yeah, with the idea that he was saving the slider for a different part of the time mm-hmm. in the season. That's what he showed him. He gave him a bunch of high heat. Then he threw one that looked like he left over the middle of the plate. Soto geared up to rock that thing out of the park, and then it started to absolutely tumble off the table, 
and puke itself into the ground. Yep. And Soto looked silly. They looked at each other. Diaz was laughing. Soto was like, I can't wait to be a Met. And we moved on. Which, speaking of which, uh, we're not trading Juan Soto. The big quote. The big movement. What's your guys' take? Uh, Nationals leadership, if you're listening. You're probably not, but maybe someone will let you know. Uh, you should trade Juan Soto. Yes, as sir. soon as humanly possible, because yes, he is going to leave your ass. Yep. Get something in return. It's a Anything. shame for them. Yeah. Because I don't think like the the fall of their team has been precipitous, and they did it intentionally, right? Sure, yep. sure. They traded Trey Turner. Trade still boggles just because he was one of these great players um, that you just. You didn't realize why they had to move on from him? No clue. Still relatively young, very successful. But Soto's can't resign there, can he? I don't know why you would do that. Like, the the most recent contract I can think of where I was confused on the signing was Chris Bryant. Now, granted, the Rockies were are, and are probably a better team than the Nationals by a, a lot. I wouldn't call them a competitor in their division, but they're a solid team. I can't just knowing and seeing what Juan Soto is all about. He wants to be somewhere where he's going to win in a big market and he's going to be a star. And it's not in Washington. Yeah. I mean, he already turned down 13 years, $350 million from you yep. guys. Um, the, the, the biggest part of that, I think that for me it is, is that that wasn't necessarily buying out his arbitration years that he's still in. So the average of his salary would have ended up being just in the high 20s, which would have been around the same thing as Harper. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a world where he signs that, um, as he, in his career, has been better than Harper had ever been um, at a younger age. You're now getting, though, into a very, very slippery slope of you're going to have another key player walk away from you, and you're going to get nothing for him. And by not trading Harper... And by hoping that he would give you a hometown discount, you set your franchise back potentially a decade. The other thing is, is that they're trying to sell the Nationals. Yep. And I think part of the sale is that you, this team comes with Juan Soto. How much value does that sale lose if Soto is traded? I mean, your team essentially becomes the Cincinnati Reds. So, <laughs> I think it depends on what the package coming back is because you can get a couple of pieces that go into your starting lineup that aren't Juan Soto, I'm sure, in return. Yeah, but, but it's so, additionally, there has to be a lot more. So, th if, you, if you think about this, right, logically from a business standpoint, right, this is the acquisition of a business. When you look at that, you have to look at the, the, the known revenue. I can then maybe project the reason why I'm willing to buy that is because I think I can make it better. The downside is, is that if you have Soto, you have a guaranteed revenue. I know what I have. If Soto is gone, I also know what I have. I have a, a very highly paid pitcher who's always hurt. Oh, yeah. I have another highly paid pitcher who's at the back half of his career and does not look good. I have no other discernible talent in my actual roster. I have a 40-something-year-old guy batting cleanup for us. 
what am I selling? Really nice jerseys? A relatively new... Those are worth something. A relatively new stadium, <laughs> right? You I, I've, had, I've heard nothing but bad things about their stadium also. What did the Mets have when you did it? You had a, a, a relatively new stadium, like an even newer stadium. Mm-hmm. You had Pete Alonzo. The best pitcher in baseball. You had the best pitcher in baseball, right? You had a, a top five at his when he's really on closer mm-hmm. um you had noah Syndergaard, right when, yep. when the sale happened mm-hmm. right you had jeff mcneil there was a lot of guts of a team that you looked at you said there are assets on this team that can play at the mlb level i i will buy this team and you trade for Frankie, you do all that stuff. That's all well and good. Those I mean, he also things, has unlimited dollars. But that's all the things that you look at. You look at, at you, you say, am I buying a piece of crap or am I buying correct. something with good guts? I don't think that the Nationals can sell for what the Mets sold for if I they don't have Soto. Hell no. But if you have Soto, I could see a world where they do. What did the Marlins go for? What did they go for? Marlins sale. $1.2 billion. What did the Mets go for? 2.8? 2.4. So that, se- that seems about right. Small market team that is terrible, needs a lot of work. Yeah, so again, the, the GM of the Nationals out here just saying, we've spoken to his agent many times. We're not going to trade him. We hope to build this team all around him. Um, I mean, they have two years to figure it out before he's un- unrestricted. I don't think you have two years. Okay, fine. You have a year and a half because you'd trade him at the trade deadline in 2024. I, I, so, you fine. You actually – you have one year. You have next year you to figure it out. You have one year. Yeah, because if not – if you go into 2024, he's – You don't want to trade – if you're going to trade Soto, you, you, you either are trading him this season or you're trading him in this offseason. Mm-hmm. The downside to trading him right now is that he's not been good. For Juan Soto standards. Yes. He's only like an 830 OPS. But I think the majority of teams would look at it and say... For sure. <laughs> but you're still trading him low. Because if I trade him when he's on an absolute tear, if I trade him after the season, the hype, and he yeah. finishes with a, you know, a 300 batting average and 36 home runs, and he was a stud, if I trade that player, you're, you're looking at it and you're like, I got a 24-year-old guy. With big power, mm-hmm. batting average, plays the outfield well, like all the things you want in a superstar, you build that package. What is the package for him? And Dennis, use your favorite team, design a trade for Soda. Uh, do you want to go first since you probably have a better idea? I have to do one. Well, we don't need a trade for him because. We, well, could, we could buy them. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? That never actually happens because the, the situation is going to come down, I think, this offseason. Soto is going to say to them, here's the deal. I am not re-signing with you. I'm going to test free agency at the minimum. If he tests free agency, right, mm-hmm. the Nationals are in a situation where they won't be able to pay him the most amount of money. Yep. So by him saying that he's going to test it, they know they don't have the piggy bank to compete. So 
you have to then at that point in time go, okay, we want to trade you. Give us the next piece of information that we need. And here's what Soto is going to have to say. I'm going to test free agency unless I get traded to one of these three teams. Sure. Yeah. As long as that team is willing to give me what I want. Because then that becomes how much will you actually get for the gentleman? Right? Because like, Dennis, how what would you trade from the Yankees if you, he told you he wasn't going to resign with you? If if he's not resigning with the Yankees? not resigning with the Yankees, but you guys can have Juan Soto for one year, lefty bat inside of Yankee Stadium, in a contract year. I mean, the issue is a lot of the guys that you think about moving from the Yankees are also on contract years, so I feel like the package is going to have to include prospects. And I don't if Soto's not resigning there, I don't think you can realistically give up. Uh, but you're going to have to replace Judge. Have- and a one-year <laughs> replacement for Judge. Right. What I was, what I would think is if Judge had like another year under contract, maybe you try to make that work where Judge is the focal point of the deal. They wouldn't do that. But yeah, because if he's not re-signing there, what's the point? But they also don't want their timeline isn't for a thirty-year-old hitter. Right. If like, they're gonna trade Soto, like Soto's I'd twenty-four. Say it's, it's I'd say it's gonna have to be like a Volpe and Dominguez type the, of deal. The deal is still not enough. That's not close. No, I, I think it's prospect heavy, and I think it's Volpe Dominguez plus. Probably the top two pitching prospects. I don't know who they are for them. Um, but looking at the Mets, I could say, well, well, you figure out who their two top pitching prospects are. Well, I think that the the Juan Soto trade for the Mets and for the Nationals mm-hmm. starts with Francisco Alvarez. Nope. They have Kybert Ruiz. They just traded for him last year. It doesn't matter. It ha- 100%. He's the same guy. But, but, again, it starts with that player, though. It has to. Nope. Because even if you don't think that you're going to keep him, the, the 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 Nationals have to take a guy who's the seventh overall prospect in the game, I and the number they, one catcher. I think they take Brett Beatty. I think that. Oh, I'm. I said starts. Oh no, I know, but I'm. Oh, saying, I said starts. I'm saying Beatty's the focal point. Because right think now they take Mauricio as well. Right now, there's only two catchers who are rated as being ahead of Alvarez, Gabriel Moreno on the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and Adley Rushman, who's already in the show for Baltimore. So right now, and I don't know if Moreno is. In the show. Can we... Uh, Jake Mangum's in AAA. Can you tell me if uh, Gabriel Moreno, M-O-R-E-N-O, catcher, Blue Jays, can you tell me? I doubt he is, but... It doesn't look like it. Cool. So, Alvarez is considered the second best catcher in, in minors. Mm-hmm. As I scroll down, to get to a Nationals catcher who is rated in the top 50... Does not exist. So they would absolutely, absolutely consider Alvarez, especially when you think about the DH in the league. Yeah, Alvarez is it w- would absolutely. So the Mets would have to trade Alvarez, who is currently number seven overall prospect in the game. Then you'd probably have to trade either Brett Beatty or uh, Ronnie Mauricio. I'd say it's fine. It's our top three prospects plus our top, our one of our top pitching prospects. Because the way I think they look at their team right now is it's a clean slate for the most part. Yeah. They have their pitching is Strasburg, old, hurt, Corbin, old, bad. They had Josiah Gray and then no idea after that. Okay. 
they're catching. Sure, Kyber Ruiz is a good player, but Francisco Alvarez potentially a great player. Yeah. So cool. You want that? Brett Beatty plugs Juan Soto's spot in the outfield. Excellent. They need. They don't have Trey Turner anymore. You need a shortstop, Ronnie Mauricio. Excellent. That's a that's a that's a trade that. So, cause, cause, so unpack the players for me again. You don't have to say their positions. Just tell me who you're trading. Alvarez, Beatty, Mauricio, and let's call it. Who's our top pitcher? Matt Allen. So I don't know if Matt Allen is the is the guy who would go. I think it would be Tyler McGill. Okay, sure. Uh, an MLB ready arm. Sure. They, he's fine. already he's young enough. He's already ready. He's shown. He's got all the stuff. He's 25, right? Like you, you're. He's a guy who, that you yeah. could expect could at least be good for the next six years. Mm-hmm. So and you know what he can do at the MLB level, even if he's not a top tier arm. Yep. You know that you have him. Um, I would also say that depending on what they want. I don't think the Mets would trade Beatty and Mauricio. I think that the Nationals would want more talent that's currently ready for the MLB level so that the team is actually ready to compete faster. So then it's not Beatty, it's Vientos. Um, I saw, I Dom see, Smith is gone in that trade. Dom Smith's also in the AAA now. We've got I know. To talk about that. We, I, I didn't forget. That's why yeah. I'm including it. Okay, prospect sure. prospect uh, Dom Smith would get traded. <laughs> um, so you're talking Francisco Alvarez. I'd say Ronnie, mm-hmm. I'd say Dom Smith, Tyler McGill, and probably one other high-end guy. And if it's going to be a super high-end guy, it would be the kid, uh, I think his name is Justin Rodriguez, um, who's at uh, St. Lucie Mets. And he's been the the best player in our minor league system this year. And I think that's where they go. But I also we, was reading that uh, there's a real chance that Vientos is in the league this year. Well, I, he's coming soon. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the biggest thing comes back to Nick Plummer. Yeah. Right? Because Plummer's bat has changed the equation on are any of these guys going to come up. But Vientos for the month of May also, I think, had 1,000 OPS. Yes, he did. Um, so Vientos Sting uh, has, since a slow start, absolutely been starting to tear up AAA mm-hmm. hitting. Uh, he, is a, he is looking more and more like – an MLB hitter who does not currently have a position. And then the downside is he's a righty bat. And I don't necessarily know where he would take a place right now. Cause I, I don't think you're going to replace JD Davis with him right this second. No, probably not. Uh, but yeah, for this season right now, 821 OPS in triple a as a 22 year old, that's his full season number. He's got seven doubles, a triple and seven home runs. Mm-hmm. He's got 16 walks to 47 strikeouts. He's a walk machine, 350, a 252 batting average, but a 340 on base percentage, 481 slugging. And then, like I said, if we actually split him out for the month of May, um, it's it's been uh, even even better. Um, for the month of May, he's rocking a 328 batting average, a 408 on base percentage, and a 642 slugging for 1,058. Here's the other thing that he would help, though. His lefty-righty splits. He's 1,066 OPS for the season against lefties. So if he comes up, he is the guy who they would DH on a day where they're facing a lefty, which is what J.D. Davis has been doing of late. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that's another guy who maybe maybe the Nationals want. Forget Dom Smith. We'll mm-hmm. take Vientos, and we'll put Vientos at first base. I mean, I, I'd say – it's a similar situation that you want to trade Dom Smith when he's hot. 
and oh, I, I listen. I 100, I 100 understand. He's certainly I, ice cold. I, I 100 understand. And I 100 agree. I'm just more saying, we're we're talking that Ron, just Ronnie and just Francisco Alvarez are top hundred prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francisco is top five in all of baseball. You're you're in a situation where that with McGill, who's shown that he's a number three starter in the show, potentially, yep. Um, and then some other like usable pieces. Still don't know if that's enough for Juan Soto. So I just don't know how a package even comes around. That I mean, and that, that also might be the thing too. Of as much as the Nationals might want to trade him, their ask a might be too high. Or they might get desperate and just get whatever they can for him. Because I don't think – I think in, in the end it'll probably – teams will probably wait it out because they could probably get a little bit of a, a low ball yeah. with, the, with the potential of once – or most likelihood that Juan Soto is leaving them anyway. So – We will see soon. Yeah. We will see soon. Something's going to have to break free. And Dennis Dietz, last but not least, the Shohei Otani watch. Bum, 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 bum. Do you want pitching or uh, hitting stats? First? Let's start with pitching. Okay. Give me a minute. Shohei Otani also the 2024 free agent class. Oh, I mean, we know that. Yeah. Where are you, you think he resigns? You? I think he resigns. Yeah. I think at this point in time, they've shown that, like, the team they've put together is solid. Mm-hmm. Um, if not spectacular, I don't think he's a fifty million dollar player. Well, we anymore. talked about that yeah. last time. I I don't think he's a fifty million. Is he a thirty? He's definitely he's more than thirty. Okay, more than thirty. So Otani's last three starts, the team has lost. Uh, he has only been on the hook for one of those losses. He is uh, pitching six innings every single game. Uh, he's given up uh, one run, two runs, five runs. So his ERA on the season right now is at a three point four five. His uh, FIP is 2.51 on the season. And that's my bigger thing. The 2.51 is more who he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really solid. He, that's, he's a 1-2 he's a starter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his flashes of one are he, he looks like a, a Cy Young winner when he's at his best. Yep. Uh, so we're talking that his, his floor on a, on a daily start is looking like a third starter. But his ceiling is top five in the game when he pitches. Um, so 22, wh- 22 strikeouts in his last 18 innings and only five walks. That's really solid. Yeah, super solid. And then if you look at his, like, hitting numbers, um, he's still a superstar. His, his OPS on the season is a 795, right? That's a – a starting everyday outfielder for almost every team that plays. Mm-hmm. But then hear me on this. His last 15 games, his batting average is only a 226. But his OPS in that time is an 885. In his last seven games, his batting average is a 158. But his OPS is a 901. He's walking a ton. So he is a 385 on base percentage in the last seven games yeah. and a 526 slugging. So when he you same thing last 30 games, 248 batting average, 339 on base percentage, 514 slugging. So 
Right now, last 30 games, he's an 850 OPS guy who's also your number two starter. He is worth, at least to me, $35 million. At least. And then the biggest question is going to be, like, what does Shohei want? Yeah. Because if he enjoys where he is and he likes that, he might hometown discount. Mm-hmm. If he's like, I've dipped my toe in America, I'm now fine to bask in the glow of it, and I'm going to go to the Dodgers, I'm going to go to the Yankees, mm-hmm. Like I could see that now. Um, because I think he's 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 on the cover of GQ. He's doing all this. Yeah. I think he's opened up a little bit, and he got to hide. I could see him also going, hey, whoever pays me the most. It definitely will be interesting. I think if Judge re-signed with the Yankees. The Yankees are done for the next 10 years. You think? Oh, because I guess I can't, potentially can't afford it. But I could, I could see a world where he doesn't have to go. Because in all reality, Mike Trout is not like – a face of the team kind of guy as much as he is. He's not an outward spoken. Like, he doesn't want to talk about being a fantasy football commissioner, let's be yeah. honest here. Um, he's, Otani needs to go somewhere where there already is a leader established there, and then he can still kind yeah. of be the quieter, but I'm the best player on this team kind of guy. Yeah, that's why I think if he just rolled into the Dodgers, he wouldn't That'd be, be seen a good as a spot. savior. If he went to the Mets, he wouldn't be seen as a savior. Yep. And the Mets have it lined up that they have a, they have a spot in the outfield opening up in two years Mm -hmm. right so like the the canna signing was always that this is open that we can move this guy to whatever we want yep um but i actually i'm I'm more of the mind i think the mets are going to make a huge move this year this year Uh, i i think that our trade deadline is going to be spectacular i think our trade deadline i think the mets are would be comfortable right now with moving escobar or canna to a full-time bench role. Okay. So I think that if there is a third baseman who is on a team that might need to sell and he was going to be a free agent soon and he had a really, really great May and he's a superstar who they might be able to pry from someone, Mm -hmm. I could see them making a move for that person. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that this is going to happen, but I, I could see it happening. Who are you thinking? Um, can I take a guess? Go ahead. Xander Bogarts. You're in the right team. You're wrong player. You think Devers? Oh, I don't know about that. When's Devers contract up? I'm not sure. I think I can actually see. I think they, I mean, we've talked about this. Where? You think, you think their base is a more important position, right? I think their base is the most important position. I think. And Xander Bogarts is a free agent this year. Uh, they'd have one, if they moved, if they got Devers this year, they'd have one more year of team control. And that's, and that's my point. He's, yeah. he's arbitrate. He's on the same timeline as Soto. If the Red Sox are out of it and he turned down a deal already, like you're in a situation where one, the Mets could trade Escobar. Immediately you have a third baseman who could play this season and give you MLB at bats, who you're not tied to financially for an ex- a big number for a long time. He could start for you immediately, right? Mm-hmm. The Mets would still have to then add in a superstar, but who becomes open to be traded if they get Devers? Brett Beatty. Yeah. 
Because if you're going to get Devers, what's the point of having Beatty? Yeah. Right? Or, I mean, it's Beatty or Vientos because they probably want. Beatty is higher prospect. Beatty's a top 25 prospect. Sure. So, like, at that point in time, we're talking about a top 25 guy versus Vientos isn't even in the top 100. I I think he's a, a really, really good hitter. He's undervalued as a player overall. But Vientos is not considered that high of a prospect. Mm-hmm. It would be Beatty. It would be probably somebody to play right away. And then it would be a high upside arm for the future so that they can give uh, somebody else the bag. And maybe it's Bogarts. You know who I could see also being an interest for the Mets? If they are going to consider moving prospects and different things. Um, Cabrian Hayes. Okay. 294 on the year, 12 doubles, which is third in the league at third base anyway. Um, 765 OPS. He's a, he's a comparable player to Escobar, so but I, younger. I don't think that they're going. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Mets' intention mm-hmm. is to get a player who's comparable to something. Okay. I think the Mets are looking for a third superstar. Gotcha. I think the Mets are coming around to Pete as a superstar. Mm-hmm. I think the Mets already believed that Lindor was a superstar. Oh, well, yeah. I think the Mets are looking for a third superstar in their lineup. Mm -hmm. I think they love having Marte. I think that Nimmo's going to get a solid bag. I mean, Marte's given them everything they could have asked for. Everything. And Nimmo, McNeil is going to stay. I don't see a world... Guillaume has been the biggest surprise of the MLB season by any team. I don't think that there's a comparable thing. Um, so yeah, interesting. Uh, Bogarts is another guy who I could see Mm -hmm. if they're more inclined to move an older guy and not a younger guy. Kind of do what they did last year with the Javi Baez trade, bring in a shortstop, have him play a different position. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is the, uh, Red Sox brought in story figuring that Bogarts was gone. So they're more than likely comfortable trading them. So then let's go Mm -hmm. with that. I'll take Bogarts over, uh, over, um, Escobar, Escobar, oh, but I would, long. but I would not include Beatty because, but that also seems like the trade that's more of a one-year let's go win a World Series move. Yep. Than necessarily a like this is the guy of our future. Where Devers, I think, that if they went for him, they're they're locking him in that hey, that's a guy that we're trying to lock in as being one of our big three for for. The foreseeable future. Well, I'm sure Bogarts wants to go be a starting shortstop somewhere. So maybe, maybe I don't know. I know. I mean, like, listen, Correa is going to be on free agency again next year. Yep. Because I mean, that felt obvious from the jump. Um, Turner is he a free agent this year? Yeah, he is, right? Mm-hmm. But he old. Trey Turner. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah. Trey Turner free agent this year. So like, there's some solid shortstops out there. And Trey Turner is definitely not old because he's my age. <laughs> he made he's bad he made he made 21 million dollars this year who trey turner yeah again i he's worth way more than 21 million dollars on a on a on a regular everyday program all right well he, okay fine here here's a question who's in the market for a top tier shortstop right now so real quick are the yankees real quick bogarts is signed through 2025 I think there's an opt-out. There's an opt-out to this year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just expect that he's going to opt-out? I think he, he said he's said opting that, out yeah. unless he gets an extension. Yeah. Okay. I believe it was – I think it's kind of like a judge situation where he wanted it before the season and whatever they gave him was crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just – for for me for me personally, 
Um, I, I just believe that the Mets, the Mets are a team that's going to look for a, a big splash. I think they like their, their, their team stuff. But right now the guy who's ripe to be replaced is Escobar. And they could they could move Escobar to a reserve role, mm-hmm. and he could be a switch hitter. He can come in in any situation. He can start on a regular basis. But either J.D. Davis is going to start taking more starts, mm-hmm. or they have to get an upgrade somewhere. Because as good as they are, I don't think that they can beat the Dodgers of Infinity Stones right now. Well, we are going to find out this weekend. We certainly are. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We covered a lot of different we, stuff. We went, we, a lot of ground. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's, it's an exciting season. It really is. It's been a good year. A lot of, lot of questions, a lot of interesting stuff, and I think this season is going to unfold in a very interesting way. Yes, sir. So we'll keep you guys updated, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Make sure you like and subscribe. Later. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>